Welcome into a Toast Film, everybody. I'm your host, Trey. And I'm your host, Ebo. And guys, we got a lot of good stuff for you today. You know, we haven't really done a throwback to some horror elements in a while, so I'm excited to resurface those themes a little mm. bit. Why don't you tell everyone what we got in store for them, though? All right, so guys, this one, not gonna lie, it was a little bit thrown together because we had a weird thing where we had a lot of movies coming to theaters and streaming, and then this week, nothing. But uh, something new came out at on streaming on Prime for free, and that's The Honest Thief, which stars Liam Neeson, a.k.a. Neeson's Pieces. <laughs> and, you know, him being an actor from Ireland and with, you know, St. Patrick's Day at the time it was recording a couple of days away, we decided, you know what, let's have a little St. Paddy's Festival. Because we're also, in our open discussion, going to talk about the Leprechaun <laughs> franchise. <laughs> And then for our top five, we're going to do top five Liam Neeson movie performances, however you want to call it. Man, that was a tough list. It because was. when I was going through all the Liam Neeson movies, I was like, the guy is just talented. And he's in so many movies, you well, know? And it was kind of a, a, you know, give them a little preview of the review tonight. They he kind of went through a period where he was kind of this leading man, you know, through like serious stuff like Rob Roy, Schindler's List. Mm -hmm. And then he just became the, I will find you and I will kill you. And that's what did it. Taken, taken reinvigorated a tired genre. Yeah. And he made it look so good Mm -hmm. with Taken. So good. And so, you know, naturally when you're really good at something, People can't envision anyone else doing it. I know. So then they they keep casting and keep casting. And you got a couple of decent ones in there. But, yeah, it was more like a 40% success rate after they started popping them in with all those. It was a small success yeah. rate. But you know what, Trey? Let's start out. Let's talk about the Leprechaun franchise. <laughs> so what we're going to kind of do is... We're going to go through, so there's eight movies that are considered quote-unquote canon. Yes. So what we're going to kind of do is we're going to mention them, you know, we're just going to kind of mention our thoughts for different ones. Yeah. So, Trey, the original, very first Leprechaun movie. Dude. What do you think? Loved it. It was different. There had never been a movie like it before, you know. It represented the Irish guys, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but, and also, you know, a a nice turn for um, Jennifer Aniston, which was what her first movie, like her direct. I mean, it was a breakout performance. Yeah. But that's what we always tell people, like horror. Yeah. It has some of these people who, like, think about it. To my knowledge, like, that's really the only horror venture for Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Just like Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger for Texas Chainsaw, or Viggo Mortensen for yeah. Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. Like, it's just a good means to getting yourself out there. But the first one was so iconic. You got these, like, bumbling goofs out there of Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston does great. She's, you know, right starting out in her career. Yeah. And, dude, it gave us the legendary. Warwick Davis. I mean, this dude yeah. was Wicket the Ewok. Yeah. This dude was Willow. He was uh, Professor Flitwick in Harry Potter. Yeah. I mean, this dude is legendary. But we get him in, even more so than anything else, I would have to say, we get him in his most iconic performance. You know, I mean, it was even spoofed on Wayne's World. Yeah. It kind of reminds you of that movie, The Leprechaun. You remember with that little oh, guy yeah. who goes, I'm the well, Leprechaun. <laughs> well, and it's just, it was just, well, first off, it's hard to think of a lot of 90s horror franchises, yeah. you know, that really stuck. And we have a couple, you know, of course, we got I Know What You Did Last Summer. We have Scream. Wishmaster? 
Wishmaster. Because a lot of them started in the 70s or 80s. Yeah, and those became like the iconics. You yeah. had the Freddy, the Jason, the mm-hmm. Michael, you know, but... Gremlins. Gremlins, yeah. When you, um, But when you think of 90s horror, it's a little more limited, that spawned a major franchise, like and, Leprechaun did. And you want proof of that, so the first one... I absolutely love. I think it delivers on the horror, but it also mm-hmm. delivers on kind of the tongue-in-cheek like sense of humor, like from the eighties, like when he has a go- a go kart and is chasing <laughs> after, her. and just you know how just how much trash he's talking, which is very akin to Freddy. Yeah, but then we get the sequel, and Trey, I watch these movies a lot. Yeah, for the life of me, gun to my head. I couldn't even tell you what the sequel is about. The only thing I remember from the sequel was he's trying. He's in Los Angeles, and he's trying to claim a bride. Do you remember any of this? Like, that, it's hard to remember, but like, yeah. But here, correct me if I'm wrong. Think about it in terms of like across the board, okay? Yeah. Besides Halloween. Yeah, besides Halloween. I don't really remember much from the second entries of any of them. Tell me about the second Nightmare on Elm Street. I couldn't tell you about it. Also couldn't tell you about the second Jason that much. Now, I can tell you about the second Friday 13th because I think they had a little more kind of direction at first with that franchise. And Nightmare on Elm Street 2, I cannot tell you anything about. It's just... Because... A lot of times they get overshadowed by the third one. Or, you know, they get forgotten because the first one was so good. Yeah, because Leprechaun 3 in Vegas. Oh, man. This is where they really started to amp up the humor. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, look, we know that first one, we kind of focus on making a horror movie. We yeah. Like, kind of like Scream. Yeah. By the time we get to three, oh, there's... Humor abound. I mean, it's a leprechaun. Yeah. In Sin City. Yeah. So, and you know one thing I love that you can tell is definitely like them ripping off Freddy. <laughs> What's that, buddy? Is he makes so many puns. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he talks in rhymes. Like, Warwick Davis just crushed it. But then, so a lot of people consider this jumping the shark when any franchise does it. But to my knowledge, you and I both like this one. I know I do. And that's Leprechaun in Space. Oh, dude. Leprechaun in Space is great, man. Dude, you get this, like, space priestess. Dude, it's it's very, like, you know I, I love D&D. Yeah. I play a lot of D&D. It just gives you this, like... D&D of, in Space. Yeah. Because, you know, it's all about the princess... And, you know, he's trying, the princess is trying to separate him from his gold. He's trying to claim the princess. Like, mm-hmm. it's just very, like, medieval style, but it also is. in it, space. It's a medieval space opera. Yeah. It's like Star- how Star Wars is a medieval space opera, but they really play it up in the fantastical. This is like a medieval space opera where they were like, 90% medieval. Yeah. And 10% space for like outfits and settings. Yeah, exactly. Well, so, you know, space was fun. I don't know what it is about space. I love the cheesy, yeah. you know, horror movies in space. I love Jason X. Oh, love totally Jason Totally love Jason I love Jason. Critters 4. Yeah, love Oh, God, dude, I forgot Which all about was in that space. one. But, um, you just can't not like them because, look, no one's supposed to take these movies seriously. Yeah. It's supposed to be cheesy, and you're supposed to have a good time. Leprechaun in Space, I'll dare say, is my favorite of the entire franchise. I know it's going to sound oh, crazy. I still got to go with one. Uh, one's great, but four I could watch over and over, man. Which is very fair, because yeah. you know I always tell you replay value. Yeah. But let's talk about the most infamous oh, entries, and that's Leprechaun the Hood and Leprechaun yeah. Back to number two, <laughs> the Hood. So, okay... Leprechaun the Hood's hilarious, but they did try and take that one more serious, I thought. The first one. Then Leprechaun Back to the Hood. So, Leprechaun the Hood, to, you know, kind of compare and contrast, was more like Tales from the Hood. Yeah. Where it was kind of low budget, but they took it seriously. Yeah. And then the sequel, Back to the Hood, was yeah. like the sequel to exactly. Tales to the, of the Hood. Because you know? they had a... You know, it wasn't anything special, but they at least tried to take the plot a little serious yeah. where it was a couple of recording, you know, guys and, 
you know, they go and, what was it, they break into a home, they yeah. find an ancient medallion, and that's where they release Leprechaun. Isn't that what it was? And then what's so great is Warwick Davis, like, He's rapping in the leprechaun voice. Oh, he's got the sunglasses? Yeah, at one point he has sunglasses. And, you know, him being uh, Irish leprechaun, they kind of do a hobbit on him where yeah. he just loves weed. And so, of course, you know, he's smoking oh, and man. having a good time. It was it was just downright hilarious, man. But, like I said, the second was even, like, crazier, dude. Like, And we thought that would be the end. Yeah, and then came the two interesting entries, which I want to know if you've seen. First, Leprechaun Origins. See, I haven't seen Origins or Leprechaun Returns, but le- if I had to guess between which one I would like, I think I like Leprechaun Returns more than one that just came out in 2018. The Leprechaun Origins, that was like what that was when we were at Movie Stop. That was what 2014? Yes. So, Leprechaun Origins is like the origin of the Leprechaun and He's almost like he's a creature leprechaun. Mm-hmm. So he's almost more like this little demon looking thing. Yeah. And it's um this wrestler, Dylan Postel, who his character in WWE was Hornswoggle, which was a leprechaun. Oh, wow. And so he's portraying this. So he was very excited to do it. But they try and make a serious horror movie, you know? little creature feature yeah but for me that just didn't work well it's hard to it's hard to reinvent a series that we've already have such impression on yeah we know what leprechaun is it's cheesy these fun it's cheesy fun i mean i remember watching these movies and like the group that i'd be with be like i just kick him how many times do you hear that it was kind of like chucky like what? Like everybody I, has said, I just can't. I think they've done that. In yeah, Leprechaun movies. It doesn't end well. Yeah, but it's just something like that. And um, I don't know. It's it's hard when you take that where it's supposed to be cheesy, and then I feel like from what you explained and from what I saw the trailer, they were at least trying to do it the right way, trying to reinvent it with more of a scary Leprechaun. They they were, but. It was so drastic, and they played it very serious. You know, he was a creature coming after him. Almost like that movie Animal that we love. Yeah, love Animal. You know, where there's this creature chasing him, and it just didn't work. But then they decided to take it back to the basics. So they made Leprechaun Returns, Mm -hmm. which is not Warwick Davis. They did get a new actor, because Warwick Davis did not want to return. But the new actor, he did his best Warwick Davis Leprechaun impression. Yeah. And funny enough, it is a sequel, direct sequel, to the very first movie. Oh, wow. Where, See, and he looked like they were throwing it back to the original. Where it's Jennifer Aniston's daughter, 20 uh, years later. Wow, okay. And this one debuted on Sci-Fi, and it was fun. Like, it didn't have the charm, you know, because, you know, it, we have all this new technology and, you know... Yeah new people working on stuff, so it didn't have the, like, charm and everything of the original three. Yeah. Four, you know, I'd say. Even, like, the hood movies, but I think it was a good tribute. Good, dude. Okay. That's good to hear, man, because I really did want to rewatch something, or watch it, because when I was looking at it, I was like, it looks like they're doing a true throwback to the originals. Mm-hmm. Like, had the exact same costume. Like, he looked just like the original. I was like, okay, that sounds good. I want to... If I'm not mistaken, because that one I've only seen, like, one and a half times. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not mistaken, it's on the same property as the first one. Oh, wow. That's what it is. Okay, gotcha. But yeah, man, overall, like, I love the Leprechaun franchise. It's... I do keep forgetting about it i'd be lying Mm -hmm. if i said i didn't forget about lipcom franchise from time to time just because they're so overshadowed by other big name franchises when i think of horror franchises but when we you know we dive back into it i'm like oh man i need to rewatch this because i do have love for them you Mm -hmm. know but what about you man dude i love the leprechaun franchise (laughs) i'll watch like one of them every year yeah just because you know me like I'm always rewatching Gremlins. Yeah. I'm always rewatching Critters. Yeah. I love all the Gremlins knockoffs. And to me, I kind of consider this a Gremlins knockoff. Yeah. Because you have a small creature that, 
you know, there's some humor mixed with some horror. Yeah. And it just came out around the same time. I mean, you had the Ghoulies. Yeah. You know, which I love. You had Munchies. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, you know, it was just, I just like these kind of movies. They're campy, but they're a great time and worth checking out. Oh, man, good. Yeah, guys, if y'all hadn't seen them, check out the Leprechauns. You'll be happy you did. Just don't take it seriously. Yeah, don't take it seriously. But let's get into some serious business, because I got a bone to pick with our review of the week. (laughs) But before we get into the review of the week, uh, so, you know, we were going to get some Guinness, you know, to celebrate properly. Mm -hmm. But my girlfriend, you know, fellow podcaster, check her out on Thinks It's the Meds if you like some kind of more informational podcast. Mm-hmm. She actually got us a gift from Kentucky, and that's Country Boy Brewing Shotgun Wedding Brown Ale Aged on Vanilla Beans. So this is, you know, kind of that stout taste of Guinness. And Trey, you, you know, you're the connoisseur. I'm just... Oh, dude. I'm I was... Just a a, a lame you know? <laughs> no, I don't I mean... know the, the things. Tell people about this. I was pounding these beers this past weekend. I loved them, man. They they were delicious. They it was really smooth. You had the full bodiness of like you know a heavier you know beer, but kind of it almost wanted to give you that IPA taste, but it wasn't that hoppy. Yeah. It, this was you know this it's it's an ale, you know. Yeah. So it's it's got the the body and the heaviness of like a blue moon. You know, a lot of flavor. Mm. Um, but it's, you know, not, you know, not going to fill you like up a, like a porter. I do like a blue moon. Well, and I love this one because, and you know, you do taste the hints of vanilla in there, but, um, it is 100% a brown ale really reminds me of like a Newcastle with mm. less bite than the Newcastle. So yeah, guys, I totally recommend it. If you just, just like a brown lager or brown ale, something like that. I'm not that keen on it Mm -hmm. but so i have like different levels of beer since Mm -hmm. you know y'all know i'm not the connoisseur the artiste (laughs) that trey is so i have beers that i really enjoy drinking Mm -hmm. i have beers that i enjoy drinking like uh, blue moon Mm -hmm. you know recently and then this i would put on something where I'm not going to order every time, mm-hmm. but if everybody at the table's getting one, and I got one, and I just slowly was just sipping on it, I wouldn't be mad at it. This really also reminds me, I was thinking, reminds me of Southern Pecan. Yeah. Ooh. If you added some vanilla spice to it. I could see that. Yeah. I really enjoyed this beer. So, Trey, would you recommend The Country Boy? Oh, man. 100%. Like I said, I this had that body that I wanted, you know, where you're not just feel like you're drinking a Bud Light. But it had the drinkability of them. And I mean, I was drinking like four or five of these this weekend. No problem. Didn't even think twice. Well, Trey, let me get into something you should think twice about. <laughs> All right. I want to clear my name, which means I need a full confession from you. Five, four, three, two, one. So Liam Neeson, uh-huh. amazing thespian. Right. As we alluded to earlier, he... You know, he has been typecast. I mean, this isn't the first Liam Neeson movie we reviewed. We talked about The Marksman, you know. But this is the latest in the, hey, let's make a Taken movie that's not Taken. Yeah. I mean, even to me, the Taken sequels weren't Taken. Yeah. Taken was just one of those things where you just had the right person, the right director, the right script. Everything worked. Oh, man. And everybody's trying to replicate it. Taken was incredible. Now, the director of Taken also did The Shallows, which we love, with Blake Lively. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he also did... That's a badass movie. Yeah, it is. But he also did um, Nonstop, which I thought was one of the closer, better ones from the Liam Neeson ones. If you didn't have the ending, you would say it was better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm glad you set me up with that. So, let me tell you. Here is my issue with all these Taken knockoffs. Mm. These scripts are the dumbest things. Like, Taken made sense. Yeah. But, like, the sequels don't make sense. This, like, the movie we're about to talk about doesn't make sense. The ending to Nonstop didn't make sense. Uh, what was What was that one 
the commuter. Like yeah. these movies have such gaping things where it's so gaping and glaring, it's not even enjoyable. Well, and here's the thing, I, I to me this is the perfect way to describe movies like Nonstop and the Commuter. I really enjoy the ride, you know, uh, no pun intended, yeah. on both of them. Yeah. I enjoy the ride, but at the end, I'm just waiting, okay, where's the dumb twist that they're trying yeah. to make it look cool, but it's not? But everything up to then is good. Like, I really didn't mind The Commuter. I like mysteries, like thrilling mysteries, and Nonstop was good too, but then they finished it with something that just is like, okay, they could have come up with something a little better. So I'll give you a good analogy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you go to a restaurant and you have a really good meal, mm-hmm. but then the uh, waiter or waitress talks you into a dessert, mm-hmm. and the dessert just sucks. Yeah, and you spent eleven dollars on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're just like, oh, how did I end up here? I know. But let me tell y'all. So, mm-hmm. like Trey said, I would agree with that. The commuter and nonstop had some great ideas, some mm-hmm. good action, and then, oof. We don't want to talk about that. But with this one, it never worked for me. So I'm going to try and do my best to not do spoilers, you know, because we we try to avoid them if we can. But with this, you have Liam Neeson. He is an infamous um, bank robber, except the fact no one knows who he is. He has this name, the In-N-Out Bandit. (laughs) Somebody must have had lunch that day when they came up with that name. Yeah. But, uh... Where basically he robs these banks over like holiday weekends and nobody gets hurt. But, you know, for, through 12 banks, he's racked up $9 million in cash. So let me start to tell you where some of these cracks start to form. Mm-hmm. Number one, his backstory as to why he started robbing banks is one of the most pathetically written backstories I've ever witnessed. Let me let me stop you there. Okay. One of my favorite movies came out a couple years ago, Robert Redford. Oh. And it's called The Old Man and a Gun. Yeah. That movie was fantastic, okay? And the reason why it was so good besides the always amazing Robert Redford. Yeah. He can't do a bad performance. I mean, he was in a movie by himself where the only yeah. time he talked basically was when he cursed. Yeah, and it was still amazing. Yeah. They understood that a robber doesn't need a backstory. Yeah. And what made the old man the gun so good was this was a guy who just enjoyed the thrill of the chase. Yeah. He went in, Rod Banks, it was so funny though. He was a gentleman, always a gentleman. And every time these tellers got, like, um, you know, cross-questioned by the police, everyone would say, well, actually, I wasn't too mad. He was just such a gentleman, you know? <laughs> but he just in loved the chase. He loved robbing the banks, getting that thrill, making money. And even when he had hundreds of thousands of dollars, he could not stop himself. He said, I just love doing it. See, I don't need a backstory. That makes sense. See, I get that. That makes sense. And then you have movies like Inside Man with Clive Owen. Yeah, like you're right. It makes it makes it better if it's just like something they're doing. Yeah, but you don't need to know why they like did it. genuinely. I've seen a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've watched a hundred movies so far this year, and we're in March. Yeah, and it just goes to show the reasoning that he. Starts robbing bank. I was ashamed to hear it <laughs> because I was like, Liam Neeson deserves better. Oh, he was Aslan, the lion god in Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh, God. Like, he's done so many. He was in Schindler's List. Yeah, he, he was. deserves better. Like, even the other movies, like we said, where I hate the ending, mm-hmm. I can at least be like, okay, I can see where he saw potential. Yeah. But. This piece of crap, like... Oh, yeah. So, you got that, and then, like, you got Jai Courtney, who's an FBI agent, who decides, oh, I'm just gonna steal all the money and, uh, you know, kill some people along the way and blame it on him and get away with the money. Like, that makes any sense. But the biggest flaw is going back to, you know, his reasoning for stealing the money. Trey and I, you know, Trey... 
is a bank teller. Mm-hmm. I was a bank teller for almost a decade. Mm-hmm. We know a lot about banking. So when he said his reason, I just stopped the movie and was questioning, all right, am I just going to mm. call Trey and tell him we need a new movie? Yeah. Because oh, I man. didn't want to finish it. Yeah. Because it's so dumb. But why that hurts me is because the script, trash. Legitimate trash. Everything about it, trash. But, like, like for example, uh, Jeffrey Donovan, wasted in this movie, mm. he's giving it his best. And I love Jeffrey Donovan, you know, right. from Burn Notice. Right. So I want him to do good, but, like, He's an FBI agent who just went through a divorce. She got the house. He got the dog. But that never comes into play except the fact he always has this dog with him. Mm. But, like, it never, like, trips somebody or barks at something. Like, it never does anything. It's just there. Like, that's unnecessary. Robert Patrick completely wasted in this movie. Mm-hmm. But then you have people like um, Anthony Ramos... Mm-hmm. Who's going to be in the Heights? You know, he was yeah. in Stars Born. Oh yeah, he's really good. You know, from Hamilton. Yeah, and then Jai Courtney, like, you know, the man's trying. I don't know if he'll ever play a likable character. Yeah, like probably never. He's just somebody I like. That at least like now, like with Captain Boomerang and this character. Yeah, they're embracing the fact. Like we know you're not going to like Jai Courtney, so we're just going to make him despicable. Yeah. But he's so good at it. He is. He's great him. at it. Yeah. But I think it's a bit a smarter move than when they were trying to make him like, like you know, back in the Good Day to Die Hard. Oh man, I know. But Kate Walsh as the quote unquote reason Liam Neeson decides to stop being a bank robber. Mm-hmm. She did great. Wow. But Liam Neeson, like, I don't know if it was the directing, the garbage, like first grade level script. Mm-hmm. Or the fact that, you know, he's an older man. He just, I don't know, out of all of them, this one, it just seems like he was just phoning it in. He was like, well, you know, I've done 12 of these movies in the past few years, so I'll just pretend that I'm in Taken. Well, what kills me is that Liam Neeson has come out and said, I'm done with these movies, and he's still putting out two a year. Yeah, because... I don't think he's ready to be done acting because, you know, I mean, the dude's in incredible shape to be his age. Oh, absolutely. But at the same time, like, can we get him back to something else? I'll tell you why. And, like, this is going to sound like an insult, but this isn't. This is being genuine. Mm -hmm. I want to see what he still has. Well, and let me tell you, I will say this. He's done movies like Made in Italy recently Mm -hmm. that does showcase like other abilities like dramatic abilities and you know you also got cold pursuit which was sort of an action movie but it was done so well i I know you like that i really liked cold pursuit and you know i mean he was in anchorman 2 yeah which that was funny like that's what i want to see him in like i I, want to see him in a drama on the level of like schindler's list or rob roy you should watch ordinary love then and that just came out in 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it got great reviews. I want to see. I want to see something like that, so I'll give it a shot. And then I want to see him in like a comedy, like where he gets to be goofy. Because you know me, so very unpopular opinion, especially with Trey. I hate the Anchorman movies. Oh, I hate both of them. Mm. I hate them. I don't get it. Hate them. However, in both movies, the anchor brawls. Where they have like all the anchors mm. come out and fight, and they get like it's cameo city. Mm. Those are the funniest things I've ever seen. Oh man, Anchorman is just so good. To you, I love him. You can keep it yeah, to most people. To you, but, but but Liam Neeson, the History Channel. What about us from the History Channel? <laughs> well, and he was always in a million ways to die in the West. That was pretty funny. Yeah, and he was in a uh, Buster Scruggs. Yeah, exactly. So you know that's what we need. We just we need some more stuff besides the nineteen you know, taken movies we get. Yeah. Just so we can be reminded that, like, look, this is a treasure. We need yeah. to be glad we have him, you know, and just deal with it. But... So what's what's the uh, cheers rating? <sighs> All right, so... I have to remember, I saw this for free on Prime mm-hmm. at my house where I could stop it. Yeah. 
you know, do whatever, come back to it. Right. So I have to take that into account because that can affect your rating. Like mm-hmm. if I had watched, ooh, ooh, y'all, just so y'all know, I would have been, y'all would have got like some clickbait sounding noise for me if I had went to the theater and saw this. Oh. I would have been mad as mm-hmm. you know what. But watching it home, like if you, if you on a Saturday night get some friends together, get some popcorn, you know, some either soda, drinks, you know, your preference, mm. and you just sit down and just be like, look, I know this is a bad movie, but I'm going to look for the good in it. Because, I mean, there is some a couple of cool things. Like I said, you know, Jeffrey Dobbin was pretty cool. Anthony Ramos, Jai Courtney, you just want to punch him in the face. Mm. So that's pretty good. And then Kate Walsh was really good. But overall, I still can't give it higher than a two out of five cheers okay well 50 percent. i mean that's decent you know that's 40 percent. 2.5 no i said a two out of five. Oh, a two out of five yeah 40 yeah. percent. yeah yeah well you know that's i from as bad as you made it sound that's pretty forgiving still well like i said i saw it for free yeah it's streaming on prime yeah and maybe Hulu, but so I gave it a pass for that alone, and because there were good actors in the movie. Yeah, it's just an abysmal script. Yeah, where they thought they had an idea, but it's so played out. Yeah, I I understand that completely. But Trey, you know what? This wasn't a great Liam Neeson role. It wasn't a great Liam Neeson movie. Mm-hmm. So let's get into our top five for us. Liam Neeson movies. Oh, man, I'm so excited about this. So, oh, you know, like I said, when I was telling Trey, I said, this can be where you're basing it off his role. Yeah. Or if he's the lead, it can be just his movie. Yeah. So just whichever your preference. So, and you're right. This this list was really based on how you wanted to take it, yeah. you know? Um, because, spoiler alert, there are some movies that don't even show Liam Neeson that are great movies, you know? Yeah. Uh, but... I made my list based on movies I don't think they could have done without Liam Neeson. Ooh. Like, when I see these movies, if I see someone replacing him, it wouldn't be as good. I will agree that that is how I made my list. Mm -hmm. So, each movie on my list has a different reason mm-hmm. one is like okay no one else could have done this right one is like he was you know saving grace one you know it's showing his ability but you know what i'll get into that on okay. my turn trey start us off let us know about liam niece's pieces neeson so one i would be shocked if eddie didn't have on his list because me and him both love this movie is this your number five or honorable? number five okay and i do have an honorable um but at number five um it is the A-Team. Mm. Because when you think of Liam Neeson and his role in the A-Team, he played it perfectly. Oh, yeah. Just as well as Bradley Cooper played his, you know? Yeah, everybody was great. I tell people all the time, though, uh, what's my main man from District 9? Oh, um, uh, Shira, oh, God. What's his yeah, name? Yeah, he, uh, Shira, interesting name, but he Charto like Charto Co- Copley Copley yeah Charto he to Copley. me was the number one he was great man. but Liam Neeson was the heart you could tell yeah like you felt he was the heart of the team yeah he was he was the glue that held it on he was together. Hannibal yeah exactly so loved a team and like I said at the end of the day I didn't think someone could have done a better job in his role yeah because he true. really nailed it you know he had the physical physique which we know Liam Neeson for but he he also had that like smart knowledge, like powerful aspect. I love to it. it when a plan comes yeah. together, lights a cigar. Yeah, just something about it, you know. But at number four, just because I love this movie so much, and it was the original Haunting at Hill House, is The Haunting. Mm. I love that movie. I mean, that's the only one on this list that maybe someone could have, you know, filled that role. But Liam Neeson did such a great job as the doctor who was doing, you know, a study, bringing these people together and kind of tricking them into the real reason that they were there. But 
it just had a stellar cast. Mm-hmm. You know, it had Catherine Zeta-Jones, you know, the always beautiful. Um, and then we also had, you know, Owen Wilson, which I love. Oh, wow. And then, you know, our main girl from uh, Conjuring, which for whatever reason, I'm stumbling on her name right now. The lead actress? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm stumbling. I know. I'll find it before this is over. But... That, that was just such a great movie. Like yeah. I said, that was the original Hill House, which they redid yeah. on Netflix. Um, and it was just, it had the very creepy element, beautiful house, filled it, filmed at the Biltmore. Just a lot going with it. And it was one of my first roles ever remember seeing Liam Neeson in. Mm. And that's when I kind of got my, you know, my love for Liam Neeson. So I had to throw that one in there. But at number three, because this movie just has to be in there, is Taken. The original Taken. That movie is so good. I mean, it's so quotable. People people quote that movie today, you know, making memes about it and all kinds of things. Yeah. It was just so well done. No one, that was the first time ever where they cast it an older action hero. And, well, like, just kind of out of the blue. Cause, yeah. Like, Stallone... He, we had been progressively seeing him yeah. get older. But when he first started in action, he was young. Yeah. But Liam Neeson wasn't always, was never really yeah. in action until then. And he nailed it. I don't care what anybody says. That monologue, like, someone else could have done it, but I don't think it would have been as iconic. No. Because, I mean, his delivery, yeah. like, you felt that. Yeah. I think they actually kidnapped his daughter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, like, it was so believable. But that movie was just so well done, and I have so much love for that movie. Mm-hmm. God, it was so good. But at number two, because I love him in this role, I know this one won't be on your list, but it very much made the movie for me as a villain. And that was Batman Begins and Ra's al Ghul. So, spoiler alert, not on my list. Mm. However, I love his Ra's al Ghul. Yeah. You know I'm just not that big on Batman Begins. Yeah. Which is crazy because I love everyone in the cast. Yeah. And I think both villains do good. Yeah. It just doesn't have the replay for me. Mm. But is Ra's al Ghul dead? He... He was such a good villain because you believed him. You believed yeah. what he believed he was doing what mm-hmm. was right, you know? And you could feel that in his dialogue and his performance. And, you know, Batman and any hero is only as good as their villain. And yeah. that's what started that franchise off so well. Was a great villain. Ra's al Ghul, amazing. Led up to the third one with Talia, which mm-hmm. was just incredible. But had to put that one on the list. Absolutely loved Liam Neeson there. And then at number one, because I love this movie so, so much. And to me, probably one of the best performances Liam Neeson's ever done. And that's The Grey. I was wondering. I was oh. like, I had a couple of ideas. Mm. I, the Grey was one. Cold Pursuit was one. Mm-hmm. And Schindler's List was one. Well, yeah, all, which the all great, great. so great. I mean, it takes uh, a movie that we love, mm. um, The Edge. Yeah. If one man can kill a bear, so can another. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of amps it up. I mean, Liam Neeson punches a wolf in the face. Yeah, I mean, he wraps his, you know, wrist and does bloody knuckles with broken shot glasses, and he fist fights this thing. And at the very end, the last credit scene, you realize... He won the fight, you know, but maybe. Well, the wolf was dead. Yeah, the wolf was definitely down for the count. But yeah, it kind of gave you some idea. Maybe Liam Neeson survived. Yeah, but, I mean, in those temps, it's hard to yeah. tell. But it was still a cool thing to do. I will say a couple of my honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, one Qui Gon Jinn and mm-hmm. in, in Star Wars, I love him. I don't think anyone could have played that better. When you think of the great Obi Wan Kenobi. And he's so knowledgeable, such a great Jedi. You think, who actually could have trained him yeah. and make it believable? Yeah, Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah. He was very Jedi-like, you know? And he just did a great job, man. It was almost like Ra's al Ghul, but a good mentor. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Ra's, it's like you have the angel on your shoulder, which yeah. is Qui-Gon, and you have the demon on your shoulder, which is Ra's al Ghul, yeah. which is literally the demon. Seriously, yeah. I, t- I couldn't agree more. 
And then I'm going to throw you a twist for one. We were talking about all those chalked up B-rated action movies that keep throwing Liam Neeson in after Taken. Mm -hmm. This is one of them. But to me, it was my favorite one after Taken. My favorite one. Unknown. I knew you were going to say Unknown because... That actually them, made sense. I enjoy Unknown because the twist was, was actually good. It was actually cool. The movie was cool. And it was the director from Taken, which yeah. we know he can deliver. But he... I like the list. Yeah, dude. I really liked Unknown because, like I said, it gave us that mystery, but then it made sense on what was going on, you know? But, yeah, man, I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely... Well, Definitely Terry, love my man, let me, Neeson. Let me show you what a, a good list looks like. Okay. So, you know, it's Eddie. I gotta have at least one honorable mention. Mm -hmm. So my honorable mention, because this performance is very low on the list in this movie, mm -hmm. but this movie has like 50 actors, mm -hmm. so it's to be expected. But I love it because it's just such a toned-down, very human performance. And that is Daniel in Love Actually. Oh, God, that's right. You know, yeah. he just lost his wife, the love of his life, and he now is trying to raise her son. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, he goes from just emotionally distraught mm -hmm. to he finally, like, you know, asks the kid how he's doing. And the kid's like there's this girl I want to do the talent show and he's like what <laughs> yeah because he thought the kid was like depressed about his mom and he's like I mean I'm sad and I love her and miss her but you know I'm trying to get a date dad <laughs> and I just so I just love that performance that was a good performance but let's get to some great performances mm -hmm. so at number five dark man Love Dartman. I was going to put him on honorable mentions, but there was just some I've watched more. Dartman is so, so good. So Dartman, you want to talk about the ultimate, like one of the ultimate cheese movies? Dartman is so cheesy. The villain is so over top. Yeah. The plot, like his face is destroyed, but he can print these fake faces to wear. It's still so good, though. You know, based, wasn't it based off a of comic? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I just remembered I owned some, mm -hmm. but... He was only in the first one, mm. but he made the most of it, you know? Oh, it was so good. They couldn't get him back because he started blowing up. I mean, you know, this is a man who was in... There was, there was three of them. Yeah, this is a man who was in Schindler's List. So, yeah. I mean, let's not discredit that. Yeah. But Darkman, I just love it because it's so weird to see current... When you see Liam yeah. Neeson today and what we know of him... Yeah. To see him in Darkman... Yeah. And that came out, what, 90? 96 maybe oh, maybe I, I know it was the entire that. trilogy was in the 90s yeah you know it was a lot it was around the time of wishmaster which you know you and me love wishmaster love wishmaster but so that's number five so yeah, number, 1990 oh wow yeah mm -hmm. maybe i'm thinking of die dark man die which is third francis mcdormand your most favorite was in there too we're not gonna talk about her mm. i try and talk about her as little as possible <laughs> after sitting through nomadland yeah, that's for another show though. But at number four, so admittedly, I think this movie is an amazing movie. Mm -hmm. But it's not one of my favorite movies, just because, like, I don't rewatch it that often. Okay. But I love love Liam Neeson in this movie, and that's Good Cop, Bad Cop. In Lego Movie. Oh! Oh my god. How did I forget about that? Because Liam Neeson, you could tell, he's having fun. Like, when he's good cop. Yeah. Oh, hey, hello. Yeah. Hey, you need you need a drink? You yeah. You doing okay? And then he turns back cop. I will destroy you. I will set you on fire. I loved that role for him. That And dude, a lot of those roles is what made Lego Movie so good. Yeah. Everyone did. Chris Pratt as Emmett yeah. was excellent. Elizabeth, um, oh my god. Elizabeth from um, Power Rangers and so many other things. She also directed oh. Charlie's Angels. Oh. Oh my god, why am I blanking on her as well? Like, wow, hold on. From uh, Pitch Perfect, Shoe? 
No. No, Elizabeth Banks. Yes, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks. Elizabeth Shue is also one of my favorites from uh, Adventures of Babysitting. Yes, mm-hmm. we, that's why she was on my brain. Mm-hmm. We just talked about her yep. when we were talking about uh, Pandora. Man. Yep. But, uh, but I just love Good Cop, Bad Cop yeah. in that movie. He is just a treat, especially yeah. when you find it's Liam Neeson. Oh, absolutely. Because he's just so goofy. So, at number three, well, Annie... It's time to go. Yep. And that's Qui-Gon Jinn. Yep. At, say what you will about the prequels, but there are two things I will... No, you know, three things. Maybe more. But three for certain that I will argue to my death. Mm-hmm. One, that the pod race is amazing. Mm-hmm. Darth Maul. Ooh. Okay. You know what? Let's just talk about the first minute. Two... Darth Maul is mm-hmm. just such a badass. One of the best villains I've ever done. And three, that Qui-Gon Jinn was so cool. He was my favorite Jedi. Like Seriously. My was, favorite. He was just, you know, you see like all these other Jedis and some of them are like kind of boring. You know, I mean, thankfully a lot of them get some depth in the Clone Wars animated series. Yeah. But, you know, some of them, they don't really get anything to do. Or they're like, you know, really loud and kind of like trying to really judge everyone and keep the order like Sam Jackson or very reserved like Yoda full of wisdom well he was like Yoda but without you know he's much younger than Yoda Mm -hmm. and so he didn't have as much wisdom but he just had a grace to him that's the best way I can describe it he no one and it it pains me not to put that on my list that's why I had to do an honorable mention but no one could have played that role better than Liam Neeson. Nobody. Yeah. And like you said, say what people will about the prequels, but I will say to my dying breath that the original, the first episode one, Phantom Menace, was yeah. great. I, I don't, I, I don't still, care. What I still say. love Phantom Menace. I do too. Two was terrible, and three had some redeeming qualities. Two was terrible until the last fifteen minutes. Yeah. When the clones came in, that was pretty and cool. And Yoda started dancing around, yeah. being an awesome Jedi. Yeah, jumping around. But at number two, speaking of two, number two, I just love it when a list comes together. <laughs> yep. So, A-team, man. I saw this movie when it came out in theaters. Mm-hmm. I saw it twice, opening week. And then I was down in Florida with some friends, and they had a dollar theater mm-hmm. that was playing it. And I talked them into going to it again. Yep. I, if this is ever on TV, I will not watch it. Mm-hmm. I have to watch it. Because this movie, I never cared about the A-Team. Yeah. Like, you know, we have older parents. Yeah. So, I've, I saw it growing up, but I was like, this is kind of boring. hmm You know? But what they did, they introduced it to the next generation. They added, yeah. you know, a ton of humor, like with Charlotte Copley, Bradley Cooper, you know, Rampage Jackson trying to do uh, you know, his awesome. best Baracus. Yeah. But to me, like without Liam Neeson, you need him because like everyone else is kind of goofy and kind of, you know, over the top. And he's the one where he's over the top, but he also is like, okay, this is the team. I have to keep the team together. So right. no matter where they go on a scale of one to hundred of craziness, right. I'm going to keep it grounded. And I just love him for that. But number one, this, if you don't include my um, my honorable mention, which is Love Actually, this is my favorite movie on the list. This is my favorite movie on both our list. Well, okay. Of all the movies we mentioned, this is my favorite one. Because you haven't mentioned a monster's call yet. Tell me your story. <laughs> I, I knew that one was going to be on your list, and I just didn't know how high. I didn't know it was going to be that high. I'll tell you why it's my number one, because that movie was such just a joyous surprise. Yeah. But kind of like, so, you know, him as Aslan the Lion, I didn't really care about. Right. But I appreciated what his voice, because he has a very deep and commanding voice. But when you see him as this giant monster... Like, I love seeing that from him, mm-hmm. and I just love the movie. And, yeah. you know, it just, you know, he's a tree monster, and he's kind of, he kind of has that wisdom about him. Yeah. And he's like, look, 
I'm trying to tell you something that you need to hear. Yeah. And I don't care if I have to shout it because I'm sure I'm going to talk louder than you. Yeah. I'm 60 feet tall. Yeah. I Yeah, I totally agree, man. A Monster's Call was amazing. We saw it in theaters mm-hmm. together like four years ago. And Felicity Day? Yep. Uh, or Felicity Jones. Felicity Jones. Felicity Jones. And the movie was so sad, but so well written. It was amazingly written because like, the whole time you're kind of questioning some things, and as the movie goes, like some people you didn't like, you find out something, and you're like, oh, and y'all know me, like I've told y'all, I mm. cry so easy and stuff. Mm. So of course, like every time I watch this, I'm just bawling a mess. Mm-hmm. Dude, a monster's call was just so good, dude. It really was, and it's the only performance where Liam Neeson wasn't in it, and. Well, I mean, you know, like you're, I guess, like you're saying, you know, but he's done a lot of voice work. Yeah, yeah, but it, not at that big of a budget. I mean, the first Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying. Besides that one, and don't forget, his voice was in uh, Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> oh God, that's true. <laughs> well, I guess you'd have Lego, maybe. Yeah, but it's still at least he still looked like Liam Neeson. The oh cop. yeah, yeah. This but, this a big old tree. But yeah, I mean, this one was incredible, and it shows you how amazing Liam Neeson is because he doesn't even have to be on screen. You're right; his voice has such a presence. He has about such. It. He's not to this level because I don't know anyone who is on this level. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like that James Earl Jones thing. Yeah. Where when he speaks, you listen. I would say it is on his level because if you give me James Earl Jones and Liam Neeson, I could tell you 100% how both of them are just by hearing their voice. I'll give you that. And James Earl Jones has had such an amazing voice presence. Yeah. Even bigger than Liam Neeson. Yeah. Because you're right, because well, I mean, some of the iconic movies. I mean, when you're Darth Vader and, and Mufasa, Mufasa. Yeah. Simba. Even even him in the Sandlot was amazing. Yeah, which I, that's still one of my favorite and, performances. And you just you listen to them because they both have that deep voice. Yeah. Well, Trey, you know, a little mashed together episode. I was happy with it. You man. know, but glad I, we dived good into episode. It. You know, we want to give y'all a little treat for St. Patty's. Yeah. You know, since you know there probably won't be parties and you know gallivanting this year right. due to the current you know circumstances. Mm-hmm. But we appreciate you coming by. We appreciate, you know, if this is your first or one millionth listen. Right. But, you know, if you want to give us some ideas, you know, for discussion, if you want to give us ideas for a movie review, Mm -hmm. like we have done in the past, you know, we'll listen. And let me tell you, there are so many ways. If you want to tell us we suck, I appreciate that. You want to tell us, hey, that was funny. Trey appreciates that because it was yep. probably something he said. <laughs> I don't know about that, but but there's so many ways you can contact us. Uh-huh. If you want to, the most direct, that's email us bingingandbrewing at gmail dot com, uh-huh. or facebook dot com slash toast two film, Twitter at film underscore toast, yeah, or Instagram a toast to film all one word. You reach out to us on any of those, I guarantee you that day. You will hear back. Absolutely. But from Trey and myself, we just wish you a happy St. Patrick's Day whenever you're listening to this. Mm -hmm. And good night and good viewing. Good viewing, everyone.